Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hello, it's Seat Kulazinac. Welcome to the Arsenal Audio Program. Premier League, Wednesday, 27th of February 2019, Arsenal v Bournemouth, kickoff 7.45pm. Contents, head coach, captain, voice of Arsenal, player feature Alex Awobi, Arsenal women, match action Arsenal v Southampton, the academy, on this day, tales of the century, my story, Visitors Bournemouth, Bife at the Top, Match Action Arsenal v Bake Borisov, Teams. The head coach, Unai Emery. Info Born Andaribia in Spain, November the 3rd, 1971. Previous clubs as manager, Lorca Deportivo, Almeria, Valencia, Spartak Moscow. Sevilla, Paris Saint-Germain. The head coach on keeping the intensity high for another crucial Premier League game. Unai was speaking to Rob Kelly. Good evening. We have had two good results here at home in the past week and I want another performance tonight. I want a performance in each match and our full focus is on this game. Some players who played with a big intensity and energy on Sunday can maybe give us the same intensity and the same energy tonight. When it comes to my team selection, I'm going to find some players with this energy, this fresh intensity and also quality. But above all, what we want is to find a balance between all the individual qualities and capacities for producing the best performance. It's difficult to keep a high intensity for 90 minutes. We need to learn to play 90 minutes with this balance, but the intensity is very important. When you can't keep this intensity for 90 minutes, you need to have the balance to be organised. Our mentality is improving and our message is the same for this game against Bournemouth. Be organised, show quality, intensity and aggression. But to keep all of these for 90 minutes is not easy. When you are pressing high, you can lose some organisation in moments on the pitch and also, when you can be organised, you can lose some intensity in the pressing. The balance is very important. 
I'm pleased with our home form lately. I want to create a big atmosphere with our supporters and make sure that whenever we are playing at home, it's a special occasion each time. It's the same when we're away, but above all at home, I want the team to show the best performance and the best positive energy. I think we can improve and take the points easier, but it's the same message and we need to take the same performance away. I trust we can improve and I'm very proud of our performances at home. For me, it's amazing how the supporters push and help us, but we need to also be proud of playing away when our supporters are travelling and helping us. This is the step I want to take with the team and create a stronger mentality. Right now we need every player and we need every player to show us their quality. Alexandre Lacazette is in good form at the moment. His spirit is very big. He can help us with scoring and also with his quality and combination play, providing assists and working defensively to do the first pressing. For us, this mentality he has is very important. I am very happy with Alex Iwobi as well. He is working a lot to improve. He has energy, he has quality, he has all the things to improve. But he can do that. For us, we have to be demanding with him, and he has to be demanding of himself. He can improve his qualities when he's getting into the attacking third into the box to be calm to decide the last action with an assist and also scoring more. But he is giving us a lot of attacking moments and opening space for other players when they are arriving to the ball. We are in fourth place going into the game and we can only enjoy this moment by thinking game by game. We can only continue in this position tonight if we get the win. We need to be consistent over 38 matches. Tonight's game against Bournemouth is one more. It's very important because it's a chance to get three more points and that chance won't come back if we lose the game. We need and we wish to take these three points. It is a close competition for the top four. To stay ahead of the rest is part of a process to build up every day with training and every match to take information that is being given to us in each match. Every other player knows whether our team, in each moment, how they are responding. Also, in the difficult moments, how they respond is very important. The balance is important in every player and, above all, they have confidence and trust in us and in our work. Now is a very important moment in the season with the Premier League and the Europa League and I'm looking for the best performance individually and collectively and to be consistent with that. Our moment is very important, our focus is very important and we have to continue and find consistency. And the next challenge is tonight's game. From Emery Angle Every Matchday programme, we provide extra insight into the life and times of the head coach. Just as Eddie Howe propelled Bournemouth up the leagues, Unai has also succeeded in taking previously unheralded clubs to dizzying heights. After injury ended his playing career at Lorca Deportivo in 2004, he filled a vacant manager's position at the Mercia Club. Lorca were in the third tier at the time, but Emery led them to promotion at the first attempt, with a cup win over La Liga side Malaga thrown in for good measure. Things nearly got even better for a club that had only been formed in 2002, 
when they missed out on promotion to La Liga by just five points in 2005-6. But by now, Unai was a man in demand, and he moved to Almeria, who he did guide into the top flight for the first time in their history. That was followed by an eighth-place finish in 2007-8, by which point Valencia had come calling. Lorca had slipped back into the third tier the season after Unai departed. The club folded in 2010. Captain Laurent Cossierny Info Born, Toul, France, September 10, 1985 Joined Arsenal from Lorient on July 2, 2010. Previous clubs, Guingamp, Tours, Lorient. Arsenal debut versus Liverpool, away, league, August 15, 2010. Drew, 1-1. First Arsenal goal versus Bolton Wanderers, home, league, September 11, 2010. 1-4-1. Arsenal honours. FA Cup winner 2014, 2015, 2017. Community Shield winner 2014, 2015. Captain Laurent Cossierny. The skipper is aiming to make it three home wins in a week. Sunday was a crucial game against Southampton, and I was delighted with the win. We knew how important it was to get the three points because Chelsea were not playing in the league and Manchester United had a tough game against Liverpool. So we didn't want to miss the opportunity of putting them under pressure by getting three points. We did the job, like against BATE Borisov three days earlier. We said before the game that we wanted to put a lot of intensity in the match from the start and we did exactly that. We wanted to put them under pressure from kick-off and make it really uncomfortable for them. We were good going forward in the first half. We played some great football against their back five. We used the wings very well to cause them a lot of problems. Scoring two goals in the first half made it easier for us, although we lacked a bit of control in the second half. They came back from the break with better intentions and we all had to defend well to keep a clean sheet which is always a positive thing for the whole team, not just the defenders. I thought Bernd was excellent in goal once again. From the first day he arrived, I had a feeling he would be great for us. He has adapted so well, and he is getting better and better. His save from Redmond at nil-nil was outstanding and changed the dynamic of the game. Big keepers make the right saves at the right time, and he has saved us many times already this season. Offensively, it was good to see Mickey and Lacker score. There is so much competition for places in our team in every position that we all benefit from pushing each other to be better all the time. This is a long season, and like I always say, we will need everyone to have a successful campaign. Unai Emery rotated the team in the last two games, and it worked very well for us. I came on for Stefan, who picked up an injury. I had recovered fully from the cramps I had against BATE, so I was ready and happy to play a bit and help the team not to concede. On Sunday, I also liked how the whole stadium rallied around Lacquer after he missed a big chance in the first half. 
Supporting him like you did was very important to him and the team. We have to show solidarity and unity all the time. He was gutted that he missed, but your support, and that from the boys on the pitch too, helped him to get over it and refocus quickly. I told him after the game that he could have had a hat-trick. He will be hungry to make amends for the miss in the game today, so hopefully he will get a hat-trick tonight against Bournemouth. The Southampton win continues our great home form in the league, which will be key for us to finish in the top four. We are back there now in fourth place, and psychologically it is very important. We know it will be tight until the end between us, Chelsea and Manchester United anyway. A week ago we were sixth in the table, now we are fourth. We have another game at home tonight against Bournemouth, while Chelsea have a huge match against Tottenham, and United are away at Crystal Palace, which is a tough place to travel to. So it could be another big opportunity for us to put them under pressure once again by getting three more points. It won't be easy against Bournemouth. I like the way they play football, their philosophy, and it was a tough game at their ground a few months back. They have some very good players, and we certainly won't be complacent. We simply have to win, continue our great home form in the league, stay focused, determined, and play for each other. There are only 11 Premier League matches left to play, and we will give everything until the end to make sure that we finish in the top four. As always, we will need your full support tonight to help us get the three points. I hope you enjoy the game, and come on, Arsenal! Voice of Arsenal, Atlantic Record Breakers. Congratulations to brothers Joe and Hugo Trafford and their father James, all Arsenal fans, who recently set a world record for the fastest trio to row across the Atlantic Ocean. Not only that, they were the first father and two sons to row any ocean, and 59-year-old James was one of the oldest rowers to complete the incredible feat. 18-year-old Joe, one of the youngest. The Gooners from Wiltshire took 41 days to complete the Herculean task, which, unsurprisingly, had some significant challenges. We started in La Gomera in the Canary Islands and finished in Antigua, reports Joe. This stretch covers 3,000 miles, and throughout the crossing, we committed to a shift pattern of two hours rowing and one hour rest around the clock. This made sleep deprivation arguably the toughest aspect to confront us, as we would find ourselves hallucinating and passing out whilst rowing. Moreover, the heat was extremely difficult to both row and sleep in. These are just two of the everyday difficulties that we faced. Not to mention the obvious issues that come with being within the same 28-foot proximity for 41 days. The Traffords raised a remarkable £200,000 for a cause they're passionate about, the St Christopher's Training Programme. St Christopher's was the first modern hospice to be created offering the Terminal a peaceful and happy place to spend their last days. The money will go towards the training of hospice workers across the country. Well done all. On this day, 2002, Dennis Bergkamp scores sensational chip in 4-1 Champions League win over Bayer Leverkusen. Fun-filled five aside. Congratulations to the eight teams involved in an Arsenal for Everyone five-a-side tournament at the Hub on Sunday. 
in particular Octopus Energy, who came out on top in the tournament after beating Red Action in the final. The eight teams involved were the Gay Gooners, Red Action, South Italy Supporters Club, Arsenal Walking Football Times 2, Octopus Energy, Three Lions Pride and Arsenal Women's Supporters Club. The tournament was played in a great spirit and was the perfect appetizer for a successful afternoon of football courtesy of Unai Emery's team. Speaking of which, the match ball from our memorable league win over Tottenham this season and Granite Zaka's captain's armband were both presented to a thrilled group of gay gooners after the event. The North London derby this season was Rainbow Laces Day, celebrating equality and inclusivity. Europa dates. Arsenal vs Stade Rennes. Confirmed details. Confirmation that the draw for the last 16 of the Europa League is as follows. First leg. Rennes vs Arsenal. Roazon Park. Rennes. Thursday, March the 7th. Kick-off, 5.55pm UK time. Second leg. Arsenal vs Rennes, Emirates Stadium, Thursday, March the 14th, kick-off 8pm. We are sorry if any fans were inconvenienced by the arrangements for this match. This was a matter completely out of our control and was due to UEFA rules for the competition. Games rescheduled for TV. The following three away matches have been moved due to TV selection. Everton vs Arsenal, Sunday, April the 7th. Originally Saturday, April the 6th. Kickoff 2:05 p.m. live on Sky Sports. Watford versus Arsenal, Monday, April 15th. Originally Saturday, April 13th. Kickoff 8 p.m. live on Sky Sports. Leicester City versus Arsenal, Monday, April 29th. Originally Saturday, April 27th. Kickoff 8 p.m. live on Sky Sports. Please note that this match will be rescheduled in the event we progress to the Europa League semi-final. The standard TV selections have now been made up to April 29th. In addition, our game versus Wolves, scheduled for Saturday, March the 16th, has been postponed due to Wolves' participation in the FA Cup. Further details on this match will feature in a forthcoming programme and feature on Arsenal.com as soon as they are available. Above and Beyond. The Above and Beyond winner at Sunday's game against Southampton was Hannah Walsh for her proactive programme selling. Hannah was rewarded for her hard work with a Puma sweatshirt. Text foul to 67777. Report it. Discriminatory chanting and antisocial behaviour is offensive to all fans and not tolerated. If you witness any form of offensive behaviour, you can report it to a steward or use our See Something, Say Something service by texting FOUL to 67777, together with a description of the incident. We are proud of the diverse nature of our team, our fans and wider community. Thank you for your support. Premier League table. Liverpool played 27, won 20, drawn 6, lost 1, 4.59 against 15, goal difference 44.66. Manchester City played 27, won 21, drawn 2, lost 4, 4.74 against 20, goal difference 54.65. Tottenham Hotspur played 27, won 20, drawn 0, lost 7, 
4.55, against 27, goal difference 28, points 60. Arsenal, played 27, won 16, drawn 5, lost 6, 4.55, against 37, goal difference 18, points 53. Manchester United, played 27, won 15, drawn 7, lost 5, 4.52, against 35, goal difference 17, points 52. Chelsea, played 26, won 15, drawn 5, lost 6, 4.65, against 29, goal difference 16, points 50. Watford, played 27, won 11, drawn 7, lost 9, 4.39, against 35, Goal difference 4, points 40. Wolves, played 27, won 11, drawn 7, lost 9, 4.35, against 34, goal difference 1, points 40. West Ham United, played 27, won 10, drawn 6, lost 11, 4.35, against 40, goal difference minus 5, points 36. Bournemouth played 27, won 10, drawn 4, lost 13, 4, 38, against 48, goal difference minus 10, points 34. Everton played 27, won 9, drawn 6, lost 12, 4, 36, against 39, goal difference minus 3, points 33. Leicester City played 27, one nine drawn five lost thirteen four thirty two against thirty eight goal difference minus six points thirty two Crystal Palace played twenty seven one eight drawn six lost thirteen four thirty one against thirty five goal difference minus four points thirty Burnley played twenty seven one eight drawn six Lost 13, 431, against 48, goal difference minus 17, points 30. Newcastle United, played 27, won 7, drawn 7, lost 13, 424, against 34, goal difference minus 10, points 28. Brighton and Hove Albion, played 26, won 7, drawn 6, Lost 13, 4.28, against 39, goal difference minus 11, points 27. Cardiff City, played 27, won 7, drawn 4, lost 16, 4.25, against 52, goal difference minus 27, points 25. Southampton, played 27, won 5, drawn 9, lost 13, 4.28, Against 26, goal difference minus 18, points 24. Fulham, played 27, won 4, drawn 5, lost 18, 4.26, against 61, goal difference minus 35, points 17. Huddersfield Town, played 27, won 2, drawn 5, lost 20, 4.14, against 50, Goal difference minus 36, points 11, as at February 25th. Premier League stats, 
2018-19. stroke Shots. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, 50. Alex Lacazette, 45. Enrique Mkhitaryan, 22. Alex Iwobi, 19. Granit Xhaka, Lucas Torreira, 16. Chances created. Granit Xhaka, 29. Mesut Ozil, Sead Kolasinac, 26. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, 25. Alex Iwobi, 23. Alex Lacazette, 22. Total passes. Granit Xhaka, 1,817. Lucas Torreira, 1,342. Shokran Mustafi, 1,289. Matteo Guendouzi, 1,095. Socrates, 997. Crosses, Granit Xhaka, 91. Hector Bellerin, 39. Enrique Mkhitaryan, 38. Sead Kolasinac, 30. Alex Iwobi, 29. Clearances, Shokran Mustafi, 123. Socrates, 81. Granit Xhaka, 47. Laurent Koscielny, 44. Rob Holding, 37. Coming up, Saturday we're at Wembley for the North London Derby, 12.30pm. Sunday, the under-18s host Norwich City. Fantastech News. Arsenal have joined forces with sports technology innovator Fantastech to provide fans with a new app to own and trade genuine digital Arsenal collectibles. The Fantastech Swap platform uses blockchain technology to allow fans to discover, collect and swap officially licensed Arsenal collectibles through a free-to-download football game. Fans can unlock digital player profiles which include original video content from our men's and women's team as well as authentic player autographs that they can swap safely and securely online with other worldwide fans. The Gunners are the first team to be announced on the Fantastic Swap app with more football clubs from La Liga, Bundesliga and other top tier global leagues to follow. Peter Silverstone, Arsenal's commercial director, said, As football fans, many of us remember collecting and swapping player cards with friends. This initiative with Fantastic Swap brings that concept into today's digital world. Fantastic Swap is available on the App Store and Google Play around the world now. Ref Watch, Christopher Kavanagh. Tonight's referee is Christopher Kavanagh from Lancashire. In his second season as a Premier League referee, he has taken charge of two Arsenal games this season. Our 3-1 home win over Leicester in October and the 3-2 defeat away to Southampton in December. His full record against us reads 2018-19, Southampton 3, Arsenal 2, Premier League 1 yellow card, Arsenal 3, Leicester City 1, Premier League 2 yellow cards. 2017 stroke 18, Arsenal 4, Crystal Palace 1, Premier League. Baggett, in every domestic programme this season, the club's kit partner Puma are giving away Arsenal shoulder bags. Just answer this question to be in with a chance of winning. Who scored our second goal in this season's 2-1 win at Bournemouth? Email your answer with full name and address to programme at arsenal.co.uk or tweet at AFC Programme, entries by Friday, March the 8th. League Champions, 
FA Cup winners 1930-1936-1950-1971-1979-1993-1998-2002-2003-2004-2015-2017 League Cup winners 1986-87-1992-93 Charity Stroke Community Shield winners 1930-1931-1933-1934-1938-1948-1949-1948-1949-1948-1949-1948-1949-1949-1949-1949-1949-1949-1949-1949-1949-1949-1949-1949-1949-1949-1949-1949-1949-1949-1949-1949-1949-1
bringing a premature end to what was another penetrative performance. Starting on the left of three behind Alexandra Lacazette, he was involved in both goals against Southampton, supplying the cross for Enrique Mkhitaryan's shot, which eventually fell to Lacazette for the opener, then directly assisting the Armenian for the second. He was also instrumental in the build-up for both goals against Bournemouth earlier this season during our 2-1 win on the south coast, so it goes without saying that the attacking midfielder will be a big miss if his ankle injury rules him out tonight. At the time of writing, it's not known how long, if at all, the inform Iwobi will be absent for. But with the race for the top four entering a crucial stage, and the Europa League now at the round of 16, the academy product will certainly be desperate to be back on the pitch as soon as possible. What are your memories of our game against Bournemouth at the Vitality Stadium earlier this season? It was a really hard game when we played at their stadium. We know what to expect from them, they work hard and have some really good offensive players as well, but at home we feel like this is our fortress. We're able to do a job against any other team, so we'll give everything to get another three points. Yourself and Seat Kolasinac were heavily involved in both our goals last time we faced tonight's opponents. How would you assess your relationship with him on the left flank? Yeah, I think it's progressing well. With both Sayed and with Nacho, I know that when I get the ball, they're going to be bombing ahead of me. I don't even have to look, because I know they will always be there, giving me a shout. I feel like there's a real chemistry with Sayed and Nacho when I play on the same side as them, and I'm really enjoying playing with both of them. It looks as though you'll often come inside and take the full-back with you, leaving space down the flank. It's something we do in training all the time. We know the routine well, so it's just about making sure that I make the right pass when I get the ball. How would you assess your own season? I feel like I can always improve, but I'm just happy to be able to play in a team like this, with world-class players and the coach who is putting his trust and faith in me. I just need to keep working hard in training so I can prove to him and myself that I should be starting. Unai Emery has shown a lot of faith in you so far. How much does that mean to you? Yeah, he has, to be fair. He's always talking to me in training and on the pitch, giving me advice and help. It's like that with the whole team, also with the players on the bench. We have the chance to make it three home wins in a week tonight. What pleased you most about the last two games? Well, against Barté, we showed that we're able to come back and there's fight in the team. We are working hard together and individually and you can see that we are doing it for the team, for the staff and for the fans. Masoud Ozil came back into the team for the Barté game. As someone who plays in a similar position... What do you think he brings to the team? We know what Masoud's like. We see him in training every day. He's world-class. You know we'll create a lot of chances with him in the side, so we just have to hope that we put our chances away and we're able to score goals from it. So hopefully he continues to play. 
How would you describe your own combinations with Ozil on the pitch? It's about trying to create space and making the right runs. I know if I make a run, he'll be able to find me, because he's got the vision to spot it, so I just have to make it easier and try to make a run so that he can play the ball for me. Our form dipped in the new year, but we've just recorded back-to-back wins. Do you think we have seen the best from Arsenal yet this season? We've had good moments, and we've had bad moments as well, but we keep on fighting and we keep on going. We don't really dwell on the negatives too much, so, like I said, there's always more and you can always improve, so no matter how well you've played, there's always more you can add to your game. Arsenal Women Joe Montemuro's team can be proud of their performance, but ultimately they lost in the most agonising circumstances in the Continental Cup Final. FA Women's Continental Cup Final Sunday, February 24, 2019 Meadow Park, Boreham Wood Arsenal nil, Manchester City nil. After extra time, Man City won 4-2 on penalties. Despite a gutsy performance, we were beaten 4-2 on penalties by Manchester City in the final of the FA Women's Continental League Cup on Saturday. The Gunners worked tirelessly throughout, but would ultimately be made to pay for failing to take advantage of our dominant first-half performance. Joe Montemuro's team started brightly, with Beth Mead, Danielle van der Donk and Kim Little showing great fluidity through the middle. This carved open space for Mead, who failed to capitalise on a fine lofted pass from Lisa Evans, before Katie McCabe fired over from close range. We continued to dominate possession for the remainder of the opening 45 minutes, but on the stroke of half-time, City had a golden opportunity to open the scoring against the run of play. Two former gunners combined when Steph Houghton climbed high inside the box to meet Caroline Weir's corner, but her glancing header sailed just wide of the post. It would have been a cruel end to a promising first-half performance. Following the break, we maintained our attacking intensity and in the space of just two minutes created our best opportunity of the afternoon so far. Evans raced free down the left and picked out Mead inside the area, but the 23-year-old snatched at her chance and headed wide when she had the opportunity to take it down and finish. Shortly after, however, we were given a quick reminder of City's attacking threat when Nikita Paris fizzed a header over Sari van Wienendal and onto the crossbar. Paris then skimmed the woodwork with a powerful effort from the right before Weir found space behind our defence and failed to hit the target from a promising position. Mead had a late chance to back the winner when she caught City's defence on the counter, but she could only force Bardsley into a routine save, taking the game to extra time. Van Wienendal then went on to make a number of stunning stops to keep the score level, before the referee blew her whistle for penalties. The best of the bunch being a one-on-one against Paris. Georgia Stanway and Captain Little both converted in the first round, before Van Wienendal and Bardsley produced brilliant saves to deny Hemp and Williamson.
substitute Claire Emsley then fired into the bottom left corner, but van der Donk was unable to equalise, handing City the lead. Houghton and Bloodworth made no mistake from 12 yards, coolly firing home, but by this stage City only needed to score once more to secure the trophy. Janine Becky stepped up and produced the goods, inflicting a heartbreaking defeat on Montemuro's side. It's obviously very disappointing, said the Arsenal manager at the end of the game. It's never a nice way to lose a game. In truth, we worked hard with the resources that we've got, and we played, and I probably shouldn't be saying this, in a little bit of an un-Arsenal way. We had to. There was no other option. But today, the team found the spine and showed heart, and they've got to work for each other now. If they do, they won't have this feeling any more. The Gunners' Australian boss was also quick to stress the importance of quickly refocusing on the remaining six games of the WSL season. It's huge. I'm not going to lie. Champions League qualification has been our focus this year, said Joe. That's not to disrespect this tournament or the FA Cup, because we go into every tournament wanting to win it, and there's absolutely no doubt about that. The reality is that we've positioned ourselves nicely in the league, and it's been our main focus. We've only lost two league games and two games in cups, so this team, for what it's going through, is doing an amazing job. Everyone at Arsenal should be proud. Arsenal Van Wienendahl Arndt Substituted with Midema in the 69th minute Williamson Quinn Vehe Substituted with Hazard in the 71st minute Bloodworth Little Van der Donk Evans Mead McCabe Subs not used Payroll Magnin Kuchen Albuquerque 2018-19 Arsenal Fixtures Correct as at Friday, February the 25th Sunday, 19th of August, West Ham United, CC, 3-1, home game Sunday, 9th of September, Liverpool, 5-0, home game Sunday, 16th of September, Lewis FC, CC, 9-0 Wednesday, 19th of September, Yeovil Town, 7-0 Sunday, 23rd of September, West Ham United, 4-3, home game. Sunday, 14th of October, Chelsea, 5-0. Sunday, 21st of October, Reading, 6-0, home game. Sunday, 28th of October, Bristol City, 4-0. Sunday, 4th of November, Birmingham City, 3-1, home game. Sunday, 18th of November, Everton, 4-0. Sunday, 25th of November, Brighton & Hove Albion, 4-1, home game. Sunday, 2nd of December, Manchester City, 0-2. Thursday, 6th of December, Charlton Athletic, CC, 5-0, home game. Wednesday, 12th of December, Millwall Lionesses, 3-1. Sunday, 6th of January, West Ham United, 4-2. Wednesday, 9th of January, Birmingham City, CC, 2-1, home game. Sunday 13th of January, Chelsea, 1-2, home game. Sunday 27th of January, Reading, 3-0. Sunday 3rd of February, Crawley Wasps, 4-0. Thursday 7th of February, Manchester United, 2-1, home game. Sunday 17th of February, Chelsea, FAC, 0-3. 
Wednesday 20th of February, Yeovil Town, 3-0, home game. Saturday 23rd of February, Manchester City, CC Final, 0-0. Lost 4-2 on penalties. Thursday 14th of March, Bristol City, WSL, home game. Sunday 24th of March, Liverpool, WSL. Sunday 31st of March, Birmingham City, WSL. Sunday 21st of April, Everton, WSL, home game. Sunday 28th of April, Brighton & Hove Albion, WSL. Sunday 12th of May, Manchester City, WSL, home game. Arsenal versus Southampton. Match action. Sunday, February 24th. 2019, 14.05, Emirates Stadium, Premier League. Arsenal 2, Southampton 0. Match stats. Arsenal, total shots, 12. Shots on target, 4. Corners, 6. Offsides, 3. Fouls, 7. Possession, 62. Southampton, total shots, 10. Shots on target, 4. Corners, 4. Offsides, 1. Fouls, 14. Possession, 38. Referee, Graham Scott. First half. Southampton's lone forward Nathan Redmond had the first opportunity of the game. Racing through, one-on-one, but burned Leno came to our rescue with a fine block. Immediately, we broke forward. Lucas Torreira appeared to be shoved in the box, but while the referee turned down the penalty appeals, Henrik Mkhitaryan struck a low shot that was deftly turned in from close range by Alexandre Lacazette. Leno then palmed away a mat target drive, and we spun forward again. Alex Iwobi supplied the low cross this time, picking out Mkhitaryan just inside the box who tucked home first time. It was an impressive half from the Gunners, in an attacking sense, with Lacazette having two further chances once he skied. The others kept out by Angus Gunn, as Saints struggled to cope. Second half. Southampton introduced Charlie Austin and Michael Obafemi for the second half, and had their best spell of the game for 20 minutes. We weathered the storm, however, despite losing Stefan Lichsteiner to injury, forcing a reshuffle at the back. Mesut Ozil and... Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang were introduced late on, and a wonderful combination between the two nearly brought the third goal. Ozil's flick into Aubameyang's path released the striker, but Gunn did well in the Southampton goal to clear the danger. The damage had already been done, and the points were safe. 18. Alexandre Lacazette has scored against 18 of the 22 Premier League teams he has faced with Arsenal. 4. Lacquer is the first Arsenal player to score in four consecutive PL games since Robin van Persie in March 2012, five games. 13. Arsenal are unbeaten in 13 Premier League home games, winning the last seven in a row. Stars of the future, Arsenal Academy. Young Gun, Daniel Ballard. Match action, big wins for under-18s. Hat-trick hero, John Jules hits three. Remember, Isaac Hayden. In every programme, we take an in-depth look at the Arsenal youth teams, 
profiling our young guns and bringing you all the latest news and match reports. Arsenal Academy Young Gun, Daniel Ballard Born, Stevenage, September 22nd, 1999 Joined as an under-8 Position, Central Defender Boots, Puma School, Marriott School Beginning this season as a professional footballer gave me another boost and further incentive to keep working hard to become the best I can be. I signed my professional contract last summer and I was immensely proud, but at the same time a bit relieved. My family and I had been expecting to hear if I would get my professional contract around February or March last year, but we didn't hear until a couple of months after, so I was going into training wondering if... Today was the day. When it came, I sat down with Kwame Ampadu and Neil Banfield and they gave me the good news. I was so happy and at the same time I realised that there was an even bigger challenge in front of me. The goal now was to get into the first team. It was hard getting a scholarship, especially as I was told as a schoolboy that I was being released, both when I was 14 and at 16, and so becoming a scholar was an achievement. Securing a professional contract was an even more challenging task, but now the target of playing first-team football is the ultimate. I have played in every game possible for the under-23s and have trained with the first team a few times, and hopefully more opportunities will come. It's a great way of accelerating your development to play against top players. I have learned that, especially with Northern Ireland under-21s. My debut was against Spain last September. We went 2-0 up early on, which was unexpected, given that to a man, Spain were made up of players in first teams in La Liga and Serie A. Going two down spurred Spain on, and we spent most of the rest of the game defending and resisting every attack they made. We eventually won 2-1. That gave us a real injection of confidence. It made it possible for us to qualify. We then played away in Iceland in tough conditions, but I headed in a late winning goal. We then played Slovakia at Windsor Park and won 1-0, which meant we finished second in the group. The sad thing is we just missed out on qualification as there were other second place teams with more points. It was disappointing, but the journey was fantastic and has inspired us all. I enjoy international games. The fact that you tend to be playing against more experienced players is a good test, and the fact that everyone is giving everything because it's for their country makes for intense games. Going through that experience makes you grow as a player. I'm a defender first and foremost. I relish the battle, but I'm comfortable with the ball at my feet. That's important under the new under-18s manager Ken Gillard, who likes defenders to bring the ball out from the back. It's also important for Freddie Lundberg, our under-23s manager. He likes us to bring the ball out and keep our heads up to see the spaces develop as the opposition move. He makes us think a lot more during the game to create and explore more options rather than a long ball forward. Freddie tends to give us a general guide on how he wants us to play and defend, but his assistant, Ryan Gary, who was also a central defender, tends to coach the details of defending. It works well for us. We play Bournemouth this evening, and I expect a good contest, but we will claim all the points to keep the race on for the top four. Q&A. What's your first memory of football? 
playing for my local team, Fairlands Youth. Which team did you support as a child? Chelsea. Who was your childhood hero? John Terry. Biggest influence on career? My dad. Who's the best player in the world right now? Lionel Messi. What's the best goal of all time? Bale versus Liverpool in the Champions League final. Another sport I'm good at is basketball. Favourite training drill? Games at the end. Career highlights so far? Signing my pro contract. Teammates? Who's got the best ball skills? Xavier Amaechi. Who's got the best passing range? Christian Bielik. Who's got the best touch? Ben Schaefe. Who would you trust most with a penalty? Tyrese John Jules. Who is the most confident? Dominic Thompson. Who is never late? Toby Omole. Who is captain material? Julio Plegzuelu. Who will definitely make it? Emil Smith Rao. Info. Favourite footballer? Harry Maguire. The best trophy to win in football is World Cup. Fave social media? Instagram. My most talked to person on WhatsApp is my friend Lucas Statham. Favourite TV series? Prison Break. Ideal holiday destination is the Caribbean. Best film I've seen recently? Incredibles. On my day offs, I usually play golf. My ideal cheat meal is steak and chips. The player I look up to most is Petr Cech. Favourite games console? PS4. Under 18 Premier League, Leicester City Training Ground, Tuesday, February the 19th, Leicester City Under 18s nil, Arsenal Under 18s 5. Arsenal scorers, John Jules, 4, penalty, 14, 44. Belogan, 22, Coyle, 76. Tom Smith makes first start for Under 18s. John Jules takes his season tally to 10. Coyle scores for the first time since September. Tyrese John Jules hit a first half hat trick on his return from injury as we ran out 5 0 winners over Leicester City in the under 18 Premier League. Folarin Belogan and Trey Coyle were also on the score sheet, thanks to Ken Gillard opting to start with four natural strikers. After being knocked out of the FA Youth Cup against West Brom, we made the best possible start against the Foxes, scoring in the fourth minute. John Jules's losted pass played Belogan through on goal and forced Connor Barrett into a rash foul, leaving the referee with no other choice than to brandish a red card. John Jules stepped up and made no mistake from the spot. Shortly after, Belogan's back heel was saved by Makij Stolacic before John Jules doubled our advantage with a composed finish. Matt Smith provided the assist with an incisive pass from inside his own half. Our third arrived in the 22nd minute, and this time it was Balogan, who latched on to Sam Greenwood's first time through ball to score his 12th league goal of the season. The pressure continued, and on the stroke of half-time, John Jules completed his hat-trick with a thumping strike, following some fine footwork from Balogan inside the area. The 18-year-old made it 10 goals in 18 appearances in all competitions this season. In the second half, we were unable to replicate our goal-scoring form from the opening 45 minutes, but that didn't stop Coyle from adding to the scoreline with a powerful finish from inside the six-yard box. Arsenal team, Smith, 
Daly Campbell, McGuinness, Clark 68, Swanson, Lopez, Smith, Cottrell, Greenwood, Balogan, Alibushi 76, John Jules, Dennis 61, Coyle, subs not used, Hilson, Flatterty. Under 18 Premier League, Staplewood Training Ground, Saturday, February the 23rd. Southampton under 18s 1, Watts 60, Arsenal under 18s 3, Coyle 15, Belogan 33, McGuinness 82. Gillard opts for four strikers. McGuinness scores first goal of the season. Belogan and Coyle score in back-to-back fixtures. We maintained our place at the top of the under-18 Premier League table thanks to a convincing 3-1 win over Southampton. With a wealth of attacking options on the field, the opening exchanges belong to us. And following a well-worked team move around the Southampton area, Trey Coyle opened the scoring. Following Belogan's touch allowed the ball to drop nicely inside the area and Coyle made no mistake in finding the bottom right corner. The 18-year-old has now scored in back-to-back fixtures for the first time this season. Shortly after, Tom Smith made a fine reaction save to deny Cornelius Hansen from inside the area, before Belogan received the ball on a turnover, beat his marker and fired narrowly wide from a promising position. Southampton continually tried to play out from the back, and after overplaying deep in their own half, Belogan regained possession high up the pitch and finished past Jack Bycroft with his weaker left foot. However, the Saints went on to make the best possible start to the second half when a quick throw-in caught our defence off guard and allowed Caleb Watts to finish. It was a frustrating error after a dominant performance, but in the 83rd minute we were able to restore our two-goal advantage once more. Stan Flaherty's corner was knocked down by Harry Clark at the far post, leaving Mark McGuinness the simple task of firing home from inside the six-yard box. Arsenal team. Smith, Daly Campbell, McGuinness, Clark, Swanson, Smith, Cottrell, Greenwood, Belogan, Matthews, 83, John Jules, Dennis, 67, Coyle, Flaherty, 76. Subs not used. Ali Busey, Okonkwo. PL2 fixture against West Ham will be replayed. We can confirm that our Premier League 2 fixture against West Ham United will now be played on Friday, March the 29th. The game originally took place on Monday, February the 4th, but the referee was forced to abandon the fixture during half-time due to fog. It was a frustrating end to an entertaining night of football from our youngsters, as they found themselves three goals to the good at the break, thanks to Eddie Nicotea, Joe Willock and Dinos Mavropanos. The latter's goal was almost impossible to see, so as a result the game will now be played as follows. Arsenal under 23s versus West Ham United under 23s, Friday, March the 29th, 2019. Kickoff, 7pm UK time, Meadow Park, Boreham Wood FC. Under 12s finished third in Arsenal Academy Cup 2019. Our under-12s finished third amongst eight sides in the Arsenal Academy Cup 2019, winning four of their five outings. We kicked off the tournament with a 1-0 win over Aston Villa before defeating Cardiff City 6-0 and Manchester United 3-0, ensuring that we finished top of our group on maximum points. 
This set up a semi-final clash with the Red Devils, who finished top of Group 1, but we unfortunately slipped to a narrow 2-1 defeat. We then went on to beat Aston Villa 2-0 in a third-place playoff. The Academy Illumini, Isaac Hayden, tracking down former Academy players making their mark elsewhere in football. Since leaving our Academy for Newcastle in July 2016, Isaac Hayden has gone on to make over 70 Premier League appearances, playing a vital role in midfield under the guidance of Rafa Benitez. Born in Chelmsford, Hayden started playing Academy football with Southend United as a nine-year-old, before being picked up by Arsenal in 2008. From there, he progressed through our youth ranks, developing a reputation as a progressive and tough-tackling, deep-lying midfielder. A regular for England at youth levels, after impressing in the PL2 over the 2013-14 season, he was handed his full debut for Arsenal in the League Cup in September 2013. The 18-year-old impressed over 84 minutes against West Bromwich Albion, but after making just one more first-team appearance over the next 22 months, he joined Championship side Hull City on loan. A regular with the Tigers, his form earned him a permanent move to Newcastle in July 2016. That season, Hayden played 37 times under Benitez, helping the team to finish top of the championship. The following season, Hayden stepped up to the challenge of Premier League football, playing 29 times, and after a slow start to 2018-19, he since started each of their last 10 Premier League outings including their 2-1 win over Man City. Words, Lambros Lambrou, Aidan Small, Nick Bromsack. On this day, a hundred consecutive years in the top flight, Arsenal claim emotional win in Stoke. Stoke City versus Arsenal, Premier League, February 27th, 2010. After a defeat for Chelsea against Manchester City earlier in the day, Arsenal knew a victory at the Britannia Stadium would edge them just three points off Carlo Ancelotti's team at the top of the Premier League. The match had started poorly for the Gunners, Danny Pugh giving Tony Pulis team the lead on eight minutes after a long throw. Just after the half hour, Nicholas Bentner, who had scored against Sunderland the previous weekend, guided home a sumptuous header from Fabregas cross to the scores. The second half saw the Gunners driving forward in pursuit of all three points, but on the 66 minutes, the influential Aaron Ramsey was stopped in his tracks by a sickening challenge from Ryan Shawcross. The Stoke central defender was sent off, and for over five minutes, the 19-year-old Ramsey lay stricken on the pitch and with what turned out to be a double leg break. The Arsenal players were visibly and understandably distressed as Ramsey was eventually stretched from the pitch. A pale hung over the game, but gradually the team found the strength to push for the win, and in the 19th minute, Pugh handled in the area, and Fabregas said to usual penalty taker Eduardo, I want this, and tucked the ball into the low corner. The outpouring of emotion for Fabregas and the team doubled when Thomas Vermeulen added a third in the seventh minute of injury time, was remarkable. The three points were important to get the win for their teammate, in what was described as unsympathetic atmosphere, meant everything. Particularly, as many of those players had been on the pitch for similar 
horrific injuries to Eduardo and Abu Dhabi. The team went into an impromptu huddle at the final whistle to tell each other, we have done something special today, according to their manager. And they had. Tales of the Century 100 consecutive years in the top flight. Defining seasons. The Invincibles, 2003-4, an indelible landmark on a changing landscape. Former Gunners midfielder Edda explained, I think you can say that the 2003-4 season was probably the last time that it was all about the football and just the football. Arsenal fans will always be able to luxuriate in the memories of that campaign. Robert Pires's gravity-defying curled winner against Liverpool at Anfield. The miraculous intricacies of Pires's and skipper Patrick Vieira's goals at White Hart Lane. And the fluidity of the team's football. But a new force was rising in West London. Following Roman Abramovich's purchase of the club in the 2003 close season... Chelsea splashed approximately £90 million on new players during the close season. Remarked Arsene Wenger, I think it's a shame for football as sanity was being restored to transfer fees. All of this came at a time when Arsenal, mindful that the short move across to Ashburton Grove was on the horizon, spent a combined £4 million on defender Philippe Senderos and goalkeeper Jens Lehmann. Yet the huge churn in players that Chelsea worked to Arsenal's advantage, and for the time being at least, the focus remained almost solely on the football. The Gunners made a flying start to the campaign, winning their opening three games. Arsenal's clash with Manchester United at Old Trafford in late summer was pivotal. Ruud van Nistelrooy's missed penalty thundered against the underside of Lehmann's crossbar, meant that Arsenal somehow escaped Old Trafford with a point following a nil-nil draw. Towards the end of the season, Wenger told ITV's Gabriel Clark that of all Arsenal's matches that season, the United game was the one that would live longest in his memory. We got a point against the champions with a lot of trouble around. It was a turning point. The Gunners' first meeting with the newly moneyed Chelsea took place at Highbury in October 2003. Edu put Arsenal 1-0 up with a deflected free kick, but Crespo curled home an exquisite equaliser. A second-half error by Carlo Curicini allowed Thierry Henry to knock home Arsenal's winner. Throughout the season, the almost messianic qualities of Henry were there for all to see. There were sumptuous match-winning doubles against Wolves on Boxing Day and Manchester City and Southampton early in the new year and peerless free kicks against Charlton and Blackburn. Henri swirled in a wondrous goal against Manchester United in the size draw at Highbury in late March. It left the Gunners seven points ahead of United with eight games remaining. Alex Ferguson correctly predicted... Arsenal will win the league now, you can count on that. But a tame Arsenal lost the FA Cup semi-final to United at Villa Park just a week later and then crashed out of the Champions League after losing 2-1 at home to Chelsea in the second leg of the quarter-final. It was the first time that Chelsea had won at Highbury since 1990. In the midst of Arsenal's superb league campaign, 
the balance of power arguably was shifting. Critics suggested that Arsenal's season was poised to blow up in their faces. The forthcoming Good Friday clash with Liverpool in the Premier League took on huge significance. 2-1 down at half-time, the Gunners destroyed Liverpool with a dazzling second-half display and Henri's second goal, a slaloming run from just inside the opposition half, which made the score 2-2, prompted Wenger to comment, That shows just how priceless Thierry is to us. Patrick Vieira recalled, Beating Liverpool 4-2 helped us get over what had happened against Chelsea. It cleared our path to win the title and focus on the job in hand, which was now to ensure that we went through the season unbeaten. Seven days later, with Henri grabbing four goals, Leeds United were crushed 5-0. Arsenal clinched the title at White Hart Lane following a 2-2 draw with Tottenham, and on May the 15th, after 25 Premier League victories and 12 draws, they defeated relegated Leicester City 2-1 at Highbury to earn the Invincibles tag with Vieira scoring the winner. After the final whistle, Arsenal fans threw Wenger a T-shirt which had been mocked up the year before by Manchester United fans. The logo on it read, Comical Wenger. He was pictured with a Frank Spencer-style berry on his head, and he was saying, I think we can go the whole season unbeaten. A beaming Wenger happily paraded it around Highbury. When questioned about whether continued disappointment in the Champions League took some gloss off the invincible season, Wenger responded, Someone wins the Champions League every year, but what we have achieved is even better, it's history. And so it has proved. In the league at least, Arsenal were a cut above the rest, won several psychological battles and left an indelible mark on English football history. The season of the Invincibles was a watershed moment for the Gunners. It was as good as it got for Arsene Wenger's Arsenal. The main photograph with this report has the caption, A collection of footballers that will be remembered forever. The other four photographs with this report have the captions, The irresistible French double act of Thierry Henry and Robert Pires celebrate the latter's tonner at Anfield. Winning the league at White Hart Lane the joke was on the rest of the Premier League. A welcome gift from Carlo Curacini. The Arsenal Foundation. The foundations of this club's success. The work of the Arsenal Foundation and the partners and initiatives it supports have touched the lives of a great number of people in a variety of ways. The Arsenal Foundation has helped fund Kids, a national charity that runs a local programme at Hayward Adventure Playground for children with disabilities and special needs and their siblings. We have supported their healthy living programme and helped to provide nutritional information and free meals for a year to underprivileged disabled children. 14-year-old Alan tells us about how the charity has helped him and his family. My story I started going to Hayward in the summer of 2014 when I was 10. I went with my autistic brother. To be honest, I was expecting it to be boring, but I soon discovered it was a great place to go and I started making friends myself, so I've been going ever since.
There's so much to do, it's impossible to be bored. There's a football pitch, and you can ride bikes. There's soft play and space to play games outdoors and in the clubhouse. They even run cooking classes and sessions on healthy eating. They run after-school clubs and Saturday and Sunday clubs during term time and are open on weekdays during the school holidays. I go on Saturdays and during the holidays, but it's good to know the playground is there for people pretty much whenever they need it. It was quite hard when I first started going. I guess I can admit now that I was quite shy, and maybe I didn't have a huge amount of confidence in myself, but I think me and my brother have both come a long way. The staff have really helped me down the years and have played their part in me growing up. One of the first things they did was to help me ride my bike without stabilizers, and it's gone from there. I love football, and they've helped me become a better player, and I've really got into working out too. I still have a way to go, but I'm building up my strength, and they've taught me how to do a load of exercises like chest and leg presses, the sort of moves that will help me get stronger all over. When I play football, I go in goal or defense. So they're helping me to be more agile and to get more power into my goal kicks and clearances. The healthy eating has also been really important because they've taught me that it goes hand in hand with exercising. I know not to have too much sugar, and that there are better things to eat for giving me energy over the whole day. I'm so much more confident than when I first started coming to Hayward. I've made friends, I've grown up, and I can look people in the eye now. I'd love to be a footballer when I'm older, but either way, I support Arsenal, and I think it's amazing that they help fund projects like this, and that the club has helped me to play football and learn about being fitter and healthier. I'm proud to be an Arsenal fan. For info, visit www.kids.org.uk. The Visitors, Bournemouth. Eddie Howe's Bournemouth are well and truly established in the Premier League. Barring a dramatic slump over the next couple of months, a fifth successive season in the Premier League looks likely to be the prize awaiting Bournemouth at the end of a campaign that has seen them occupy various positions in the middle third of the table and could still see them record their highest ever top flight position. To do so, they would have to finish higher than ninth their final placing two seasons ago. Currently sitting in 10th place after their 1-1 home draw with Wolves on Saturday, it is predominantly the Cherries form at their Vitality Stadium that has kept them away from trouble this term. They have treated their fans to a number of excellent victories at home, none more memorable than the 4-0 thrashing of Chelsea at the end of January. However, it has been a very different story on the road, with Eddie Howe's team having failed to pick up a single point from their last eight matches. In fact, with the inclusion of a 1-0 Caribou Cup defeat at Chelsea in December, Bournemouth have lost all of their last nine away fixtures, a grim tale that will make for even grimmer reading if they fail to stop the rot this evening and extend the run into double figures. Since posting two big away wins in October, 4-0 at Watford, and 3-0 at Fulham, the Cherries have lost on their travels to Newcastle, 2-1, Man City, 3-1, 
Wolves 2-0, Tottenham 5-0, Man United 4-1, Everton 2-0, Cardiff 2-0 and Liverpool 0-3. That makes it 23 goals conceded in those last eight away games and just three scored, with none in the last three. Clearly it is a problem that needs to be addressed, although it does not help that Bournemouth are currently missing key players, with midfielder Lewis Cook out for the season with a ruptured cruciate, Callum Wilson not expected to return to full fitness for another week, and dazzling midfielder David Brooks injured against Chelsea and following a similar recovery schedule. Record signing Jefferson Lerma is also suspended tonight after a tenth booking at the weekend. For Bournemouth to be jostling for position in mid-table is nevertheless a considerable feat given the small capacity of their stadium and their relatively modest budget. Also worth remembering is that it is less than a decade since the club were playing fourth-tier football in League 2, but promotions in 2010, 2013 and 2015, all of them under Howe in his two spells in charge, fired the club into English football's elite and that is where they are eager to stay. Bournemouth's recent successes have been built on solid organisation and a spirit of adventure. Since their promotion as winners of the Championship in 2015, they have added significantly to their squad from home and abroad. The latest January transfer activity, bringing in striker Dominic Solanke and, on loan, England right-back Nathan Klein from Liverpool as well as highly rated Welsh international defender Chris Meppham from Brentford. Visitors, Bournemouth. You can find the Premier League appearances and goals for all the Bournemouth players this season on the back page of this evening's programme. The Breakdown. Most followers on Twitter. Jermaine Defoe, 1 million. Azimir Bergovic, 298,000. Nathan Ake, 294,000. Dominic Solanke, 185,000. Artur Boruk, 129,000. Ten-year journey. League 2, 2008 to 2010. League 1, 2010 to 2013. Championship, 2013 to 2015. Premier League, 2015 to current. Head-to-head. We've only ever faced the Cherries eight times in total, with our first meeting arriving in the League Cup in October 1987. During that time, we've won six of those eight outings, drawing once and losing once. We've also scored 19 goals against the Cherries and kept four clean sheets. The Resistance 3. Steve Cook Born Hastings, 19th of April 1991 Previously, Brighton Haven't loan, Eastleigh loan, Eastbourne loan, Mansfield loan. Game stroke goals, 301 stroke 20. A £150,000 recruit from Brighton in January 2012. Steve has been a central defensive stalwart in recent seasons and has barely missed a game since promotion to the Premier League. In fact, he had played every minute of this league campaign until Saturday's match versus Wolves and made his 300th appearance in the defeat at Cardiff earlier this month. A native of the South Coast, he joined the Cherries in League One and was an ever-present in their 2014-15 championship winning campaign. 5. Nathan Ake, born The Hague, Netherlands, previously Chelsea, 
Reading loan, Watford loan, game stroke goals, 80 stroke 8. An immovable presence in the Cherries Premier League defence this term, Nathan has caught the eye on a number of occasions, scoring goals against Everton and Watford at home and Manchester United away. The young Dutch defender spent the first half of the 2016-17 season on loan to Bournemouth from Chelsea and did so well that he was not only recalled prematurely to Stamford Bridge but was then signed permanently in the summer by the Cherries for a club record £20 million. He has won 10 caps for the Netherlands and could be in the Dutch side that face England in this summer's Nation League semi-final. The History of AFC Bournemouth The club was founded in 1899 as Boscombe St John's Institute FC. The club was renamed in 1923 to Bournemouth and Boscombe Athletic FC in 1923, which was the name until 1972, when it became AFC Bournemouth. AFC stands for Athletic Football Club. The goals, 17, Josh King, born Oslo, Norway, 15th of January 1992. Previously, Man United, Preston Loan, München Gladbach Loan, Hull Loan, Blackburn. Game Stroke Goals, 132 Stroke 41. Born in Oslo to a Norwegian mother and Gambian father, Josh has scored 12 goals in 37 internationals for the country of his birth. He has also developed into a Premier League striker of some repute. A memorable brace against Chelsea at the end of January, taking his top flight total to 38 in three and a half seasons, which included a final tally of 16 in 2016-17, and a consolation goal against Arsenal this season in their 2-1 home defeat in November. Having started his professional career on the books of Manchester United, he joined Bournemouth from Blackburn after the Cherries' promotion to the Premier League. How did it all start? Manager Eddie Howe started his professional career with the club and, after leaving for Portsmouth, he was so popular that fans raised money online to pay for his return. Howe was then made player coach at the age of 29, retiring from football in 2007 because of injury. He lost his job when Kevin Bond was sacked but returned under a new regime and would go on to become the manager himself. The rest is history. When Real came to town... AFC Bournemouth played Real Madrid in a rather unusual pre-season friendly in July 2013. The match sold out after fans queued overnight for tickets, with non-season ticket holders paying up to £60. Perhaps unsurprisingly, a Real Madrid side including Cristiano Ronaldo, Luka Modric and our very own Mesut Ozil cruised to a 6-0 win. Close call. On April the 25th, 2009, Bournemouth beat Grimsby 2-1 to preserve their status in the Football League. Steve Fletcher scored the winning goal that day, which was fittingly his 100th in the league. Fletcher now has a stand named after him and is currently an assistant coach, in addition to being an AFC Bournemouth ambassador. The Breakdown Basics Formed 1873 Nickname The Cherries Stadium Vitality Stadium Dean Court Chairman, Jeff Mostyn. Owner, Maxim Demin. Record appearance maker, Steve Fletcher, 493. Record goalscorer, Ron Airy, 202. The pace, 24. Ryan Fraser, 
Born Aberdeen, 24th of February 1994. Previously, Aberdeen, Ipswich, Lone. Game stroke goals, 165 stroke 21. Recruited from Aberdeen in January 2013, the diminutive Scottish international winger returned to Bournemouth three summers ago after spending the 2015-16 campaign on loan at Ipswich. He scored the Cherries' third goal in a 3-3 home draw against Arsenal in January 2017 and repeated the trick this January in a 3-3 draw against Watford, thus matching last season's Premier League goals tally of five. Stocky and speedy, he has filled the right-back spot in the past, but this season has been a regular on the left flank, where he can cut inside dangerously on his strong right foot. The engine room. 4. Dan Gosling. Born Plymouth, 1st of February 1990. Previously, Plymouth Argyle, Everton, Newcastle, Blackpool, Lone, game stroke goals, 23 stroke 1. With the Cherries midfield decimated through suspension and injury, there will be even more pressure on the 29-year-old to hold together the Bournemouth engine room. Something of a prodigy when he was snapped up by Everton from Plymouth as a 17-year-old in January 2008, he scored the winner in the Merseyside derby in the FA Cup fourth round in 2009, but his career at Everton stalled and, after a spell at Newcastle, it's Bournemouth where he's really established himself as a consistent box-to-box Premier League midfielder. The mid-season arrivals. 23. Nathaniel Klein. Born Stockwell, 5th of April 1991. Previously, Crystal Palace, Southampton, Liverpool. Game stroke goals, 6 stroke 0. Nathaniel's career has been on hold for the past 18 months, mainly because of a serious back injury, which persuaded Liverpool to allow him to spend the second half of this campaign on loan to Bournemouth, a move that surprised some given the Merseyside's selection problems at right back. Signed by Liverpool in 2015 from Southampton for £12.5 million, he enjoyed a fine debut season at Anfield, even scoring the first goal of Jurgen Klopp's reign in a 1-0 League Cup win against the club he is now playing for. An adventurous full-back, he was in England's Euro 2016 squad. 33. Chris Mepham, born Hammersmith, 5th of November 1997. Previously, Brentford. Game stroke goals, 3-0. This will be Chris's second visit to Emirates Stadium this season, though he did not make it onto the field of play for Brentford's 3-1 defeat by Arsenal in the Caribou Cup last September. The classy defender joined Bournemouth for a reported £12 million fee from the Bees in January, making his Premier League debut as a sub in the 4-0 win against Chelsea, the club he once played for as a schoolboy. He later joined the Brentford Academy, making his way up into the first team last season, which he ended as a full Wales international, having previously captained the under-21 side. 7. Dominic Solanke Born Reading, 14th of September 1997 Previously, Chelsea, Vitesse, Lone, Liverpool Game stroke goals, 16 stroke 0 Dominic ended a largely forgettable 18-month sojourn at Liverpool, for whom he scored just one goal, when he joined Bournemouth on a long-term contract for a reported £19 million last month, 
voted player of the tournament as England lifted the FIFA Under-20 World Cup in June 2017. He scored four goals in South Korea. The young striker had already agreed to move from Chelsea to Liverpool before he travelled to that tournament. His efforts to break into the first team at Stamford Bridge having come to naught despite his impressive showing for England at various youth levels. He won his first senior cap against Brazil in November 2017. The boss, Eddie Howe, born November 29, 1977. Games, 405. Previously, Bournemouth, 2008-2011. Burnley, 2011-2012. Bournemouth's success story in recent years has been masterminded by Eddie Howe. A former defender who spent virtually his entire playing career at the club, He was appointed as caretaker manager shortly after hanging up his boots and has led the Cherries to three promotions, from League 2 to League 1 in 2009-10, then after returning from a two-year spell in charge of Burnley, from League 1 to the Championship in 2012-13, and up to the Premier League as champions two years later. His standing has grown further still over the past four top-flight campaigns. The breakdown. Top transfer fees. Jefferson Lerma, £25.2 million. Nathan Ake, £20 million. Dominic Solanke, £19 million. Jordan Ibe, £16 million. Diego Rico, £13 million. Lerma suspended. A standout player since his arrival, despite the own goal for the Gunners, combative midfielder Jefferson Lerma misses tonight's match after picking up his 10th booking of the season against Wolves on Saturday. Scouting report, Michael Cox. Eddie Howe is likely to opt for a 4-5-1 as he aims for solidity away from home. Eddie Howe's Bournemouth are renowned for their proactive technical style of football, although it may come as something of a surprise to learn that the Cherries are averaging only 48% of possession this season, less than the likes of Huddersfield and Leicester. Howe's side have improved their counter-attacking game this season and their 4-0 destruction of Chelsea last month, achieved with only 32% of the ball, shows their threat on the break. That performance, with all four goals scored in the second half, was also impressive considering Bournemouth were without Callum Wilson, their top goalscorer this season. Howe has built a harmonious, egalitarian squad not dependent upon one player. Wilson seems likely to miss out here, which would probably mean Josh King leading the line, making good runs into the channels and coming short to link play neatly too. The January signing of Dominic Solanke provides Howe with another option, although he's spent a lot of time on the bench thus far. Bournemouth's play this season has been defined by the creativity of David Brooks and Ryan Fraser, who have often started on either side of a 4-4-2 system and drifted inside into positions between the lines. Brooks is another seemingly set to miss out through injury, but Fraser is likely to start from the left. Always a creative force, the Scotland international has added goals to his game this season and must be watched carefully. Injury problems mean Howe may deploy a more solid system here. He's often used 4-5-1 away at big clubs. 
This could mean junior Stanislas, an energetic player capable of playing on the break, deployed on the right flank and charged with stopping Sead Kolasinac's runs, although Jordan Ibe is another option. A 4-5-1 would allow Howe to beef up the centre of his midfield with a third player. Dan Gosling and Andrew Sermon have performed solidly for Bournemouth since their debut Premier League campaign, while this season Howe has added extra tenacity with Colombian defensive midfielder Jefferson Lerma, who rarely pushes forward and instead concentrates on protecting the defence. He will be a big miss through suspension at the Emirates following his 10th booking at the weekend. Bournemouth have also sorely missed the vision of England international midfielder Lewis Cook, who is out with a serious knee injury. Howe has added extra defensive know-how with the loan signing of right-back Nathaniel Klein, who has performed impressively with and without possession. On the left, Adam Smith is a long-serving, dependable performer, while Diego Rico is an alternative and offers brilliant crosses. In the middle, Steve Cook is reliable in the air, while the outstanding Nathan Ake can bring the ball forward effectively, and is also constantly dangerous in the opposition box at set-pieces. In goal, Artur Buruk, now 39, has displaced Asmir Begovic. Premier League stats, 2018-19. stroke Chances created, Ryan Fraser, 62. Josh King, 28. Callum Wilson, 26. David Brooks, 21. Junior Stanislas, 15. Yellow Cards, Jefferson Lerma, 10. Dan Gosling, 5. Adam Smith, 4. Callum Wilson, 3. Tackles 1, Nathan Ake, 25. David Brooks, 19. Adam Smith, 19. Jefferson Lerma, 19. Steve Cook, 16. Completed crosses. Ryan Fraser, 20. Simon Francis, 11. Charlie Daniels, 8. Josh King, 8. Callum Wilson, 4. Jordan Ebay, 4. Diego Rico, 4. Words, Mike Hammond, Aidan Small. Life at the top. 100 consecutive years in the top flight. Arsenal have spent 100 years at the very highest level of league football in this country. But how did our players scale the heights to get to the top of their profession? We find out. Mesut Azil. When did you first want to become a footballer? I was six or seven years old when I wanted to start playing football. I always used to watch the games with my brother. At that time, I wasn't thinking about professional football, though. I just wanted to play with my friends, my family, for fun. Afterwards, I worked hard, trained hard, to become a professional. Can you remember the first time you kicked a ball? It was in a cage, in Gelsenkirchen, the city where I grew up in Germany. I also played there with my brother and his friends. I was always playing against older people because my brother is four years older than me. It was usually youngsters against the older ones. It was tough because I was eight, they were twelve, and they were big. I enjoyed it, though, and it made me tough on the pitch and made me grow up. There was no grass on the pitch, lots of stones. It was difficult to control the ball. 
no nets in the goals and no lines, so the game was constantly going. We used to play for six or seven hours at a time. We started at two o'clock after lunch and played until night time. Did you play any other sports? I was also good at table tennis. I played in school, and when I was eleven or twelve, I stopped playing football for three months because I wanted to do table tennis instead. I was in the school team for table tennis, and I beat all the players in my first competition. Then I had to play against the coach. He was really good, so he beat me. But I really enjoyed it. After three months, though, I thought this is not what I want to do for my future. I missed playing football too much, basically. Did you ever fall out of love with football? No, I wouldn't say that. It's just at that time I was having more fun with table tennis. During those three months, though, I realized I wanted to go back to football. What was your first club? It was called Westphalia O Four. I was seven. It was because my brother played there, and also my dad had played there. I watched my brother and told my dad, "I want to play for this club as well." What position were you back then? I was a striker. I scored a lot of goals. Now I give more assists, but back then I scored a lot of goals. I started as a left-sided striker. Then I moved to another small club in Gelsenkirchen and played as a striker there, but also on the left too sometimes. It was when I moved to Rotweiss Essen when I was about eleven that I moved to number ten. Is there a game from your childhood that sticks in your memory? I was always the youngest one in the team and usually the smallest one. If you saw me, you would think I was much younger. But when we played the tournaments, I was so good and scored a lot of goals that often the parents of kids on the other teams would say I was older than I said I was. They didn't believe me, but I always loved the tournaments. I was often voted the best player and was the top scorer. When I was about eight, I remember playing against Schalke O four when I was at the smallest club in Gelsenkirchen. We reached the final of a tournament against them, and nobody had even scored against Schalke. We were a really small club, but after two minutes, I scored. The whole crowd was stunned. I remember it well. The atmosphere was crazy after that. Nobody had scored against them before until I did. I honestly don't remember whether we won or lost, but to score against them was a big moment. Who were your early influences and coaches? I'm really thankful for a coach called Michael Kulm, who was at Rotweiss Essen. After him, the main guy in my career was Norbert Elgert. I'm really thankful to him as well. I learned so much from him to get me to where I am now. He's still a coach at Schalke now. I'm still in touch with him. He's intelligent. He understands football so well, and he makes every player better. He has brought so many players through. I think he's one of the best coaches in the world. Was there a key moment or decision that changed your career when you were growing up? Yes, when I was fifteen, I had an offer from Rotweiss Essen to turn professional and play in the second tier in Germany. Also, at that time, I had an offer from Schalke. Elgert wanted me in his youth team. It was a tough decision for me. I was part of a big family, and we didn't have so much money. So the professional offer was a lot of money. And it would have been good for all of us, but Elgert at Schalke said to me, "Look, 
You have so much talent that you will definitely be a professional footballer at some point, so you don't have to sign now. It would have made history, because I was 15, to sign professional then, but Elgert told me to wait. So I spoke to my family and said, You know what? I have the chance with the best coach. I still have more to learn from him, so I want to do that first. So I didn't sign pro at Rotweiss Essen. I moved to the youth team at Schalke instead. It was a big decision, but it was the right one. Do you remember the first time you played or trained with first-team players? Yes, I was 17. It was my first year at Schalke. We were so successful. I scored the most goals in my team. The under-19s hadn't won the German league for 20 years at that point, but we won it in my first season. I was top scorer, playing number 10 or on the left, and it was a successful year. Then Schalke wanted me as a professional player, so I joined the team with huge players like Lincoln and Kevin Karanyi. Of course I was nervous. I was a young player at the time. Can you remember your first team debut? Yes, of course. I don't know if you know the Schalke Arena, but it is really something when it's full. There were 55,000 people inside. It was like nothing I had ever known. I was only used to playing youth games for the under-19s. I came on near the end and we drew 1-1, but the noise of the fans and the stadium that day will stay with me forever. That's what I remember most about the game, and that I was so happy to have made my debut, of course. What has been the best moment of your career since then? Best moment? Well, there have been so many. Winning trophies in Germany, Spain and the FA Cups here, they are all so special. Also with the national team under-21s when we won the European Championships. But of course, it has to be winning the World Cup in 2014. I just cannot explain it. When you hold that gold trophy, and it's so heavy, it means so much. It is a feeling like nothing else. I smile when I think about it. It's the one you dream of. And what has been the worst moment? You get highs and lows in football, every player does, but the worst moment was when I had my knee injury at the end of 2014 and I was out for three months. It was the first time since I stopped playing football for table tennis when I was a kid that I had missed football. It is so hard, you can't kick a ball, you are watching the games and feel so frustrated. Of course you get bad moments in football, you win games and you lose games, but when you are injured, you can't even do that. I watched the games because I wanted to, but when you can't join in, it's very tough mentally. Thankfully, with the support of my friends and family, I got through it. Is your playing style now similar to when you were younger? Would we recognise you if we saw videos of you playing in the cage? Well, what is the same is my instincts. I don't know if you would call it my vision or what, but I always had that. People used to say, when I was playing in the cage, that I could see things that other people couldn't. They were always amazed by it. That has always been there for me. I didn't learn it. I always had it. Thanks to God, I have that ability. And it's so important to see things quickly in football because you get no time on the ball. Even ten years ago, you had more time to think. But now the game is even faster 
and you have to make quick decisions and have that instinct. Do you still love the sport as much as you used to as a kid? Yes. Some things are different now, of course. You don't have the same privacy as before, and sometimes that can be difficult. But of course, I love football. Even when I am on holiday or have some time off, I watch it. In fact, I don't think I have gone longer than two or three days without kicking a ball. I try when I go on holiday. I say I need to relax, to switch off, to not do anything with football. But I can't help it. I soon miss it. Match action. Arsenal versus Bait Borisov. Thursday, February 21st, 2019. Kickoff 5:55. Emirates Stadium. Europa League round 32, second leg. Attendance 58,812. Arsenal 3, Bait Borisov 0. Match stats. Arsenal. Total shots, 21. Shots on target, 8. Corners, 11. Offsides, 2. Fouls, 8. Possession, 68%. Bait, Borisov. Total shots, 4. Shots on target, 2. Corners, 0. Offsides, 3. Fouls, 12. Possession, 32%. Referee, Alberto Malenzo. First half. If there were any early nerves at the prospect of trying to overturn our first leg, deficit, they were soon dispelled when, after an opening blitz, we took the lead in the fourth minute when Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang low cross was diverted into his own goal by Zakhar Volkov. We continued to pour forward with, with the lively Alex Iwobi, coming within inches of doubling our advantage with a curling effort. Although Bay did pose a threat on the break from one such counter, Stefan Lischsteiner was forced to clear off the line from Stanislav Dragan. Granit Xhaka and Aubameyang were next to Denis Shabitsky in the Borisov goal. Before Shkodran Mustafi made it two just before the interval, parrying home a header from the corner. Second half. There was still no margin for error, and Igor Stasvic had an opening at the start for the second half, only to see Peter Cech save his stabbed shot. Iwobi came close to adding a third with skidding low shot that was pushed away by Shabitsky. We extended our lead, once again from a corner, when substitute Socrates rose highest at the far post to head home to give us some breathing space in the, in the tie. Aubameyang dinked a shot inches wide after rounding the keeper, but there would be no further goals as we secured our place in the last 16. 7. 7 of Shkodran's Mustafi's 8 goals for Arsenal have been headers. 13. Arsenal substitutes have scored 13 goals in all competitions this season, more than any other Premier League club. 226. Socrates had only been on the pitch 226 seconds before he got on the score sheet. Teams for Arsenal 
had a coach, Unai Emery. Red shirts with white sleeves, white shorts and red and white socks. 1. Petra Cech, goalkeeper. 2. Hector Bellerin. 4. Mohamed Elneny. 5. Socrates Popastathopoulos. 6. Laurent Koscielny. 7. Henrik Mkhitaryan. 8. Aaron Ramsey. 9. Alexandre Lacazette. 10. Monsieur Terzel. 11. Lukas Torreira. 12. Stephen Lichsteiner. 14. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. 15. Ainsley Maitland-Niles. 16. Rob Holding. 17. Alexei Wobi. 18. Nacho Monreal. 19. Bernd Leno, goalkeeper. 20. Schroeder Mustafi. 22. Dennis Suarez. 23. Danny Welbeck. 25. Carl Jenkinson. 27. Konstantinos Mavrapanos. 29. Matur Gunduzi. 31. Seat Kolasinac. 34. Granit Xhaka. 43. Charlie Gilmore. 47. Zek Medley. 49. Eddie Anquitia. 53. Julio Pleguezuelo. 59. Joe Willock. 87. Bukeo Saka. For Bournemouth, manager Eddie Howe. Blue shirts, shorts and socks. 1. Artur Boric, goalkeeper. 2. Simon Francis. 3. Steve Cook. 4. Dan Gosling. 5. Nathan Aker. 6. Andrew Sermon. 8. Jefferson Lerma. 9. Lise Moussat. 10. Jordan Ebay. 11. Charlie Daniels. 13. Callum Wilson. 15. Adam Smith. 16. Lewis Cook. 17. Joshua King. 19. Junior Stanislas. 20. David Brooks. 21. Diego Rico. 22. Emerson Heinpen. 23. Nathaniel Klein. 24. Ryan Fraser. 25. Jack Simpson. 27. Asmir Begovich, goalkeeper. 28. Kyle Taylor. 29. Dominic Solanke. 33. Chris Mappham. 36. Matt Butcher. 44. Sam Surridge. 59. Namdi Offerbor. Officials. Referee Chris Kavanagh. Assistant referees Dan Cook. Dan Robotham. Fourth official John Moss. Today's other Premier League fixtures. Southampton vs Fulham. 7.45pm. Crystal Palace vs Manchester United. 8pm. Liverpool vs Watford. 8pm. Manchester City vs West Ham. 8pm. Chelsea vs Tottenham. 8pm. The Arsenal Foundation. Helping young people fulfil their potential through education and sport. And that brings us to the end of this audio communication from Arsenal Football Club. 
Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Invented in the lab. Proven on the pitch. Fuel like the Gunners. Gatorade. Number one sports drink in the world. The official sports drink of Arsenal Football Club. Find paradise above and below the Indian Ocean. From crystal clear waters and coral reefs to pristine beaches and spectacular resorts. Choose from four destinations in the Indian Ocean on Emirates.com. Emirates. Vitality, health and life insurance. Health and life insurance with up to 50% off monthly gym membership. A joining fee will apply. Vitality.co.uk slash rewards. Official wellness partner, Arsenal, Vitality. 50% off with Vitality Health Plans. 40% off with Vitality Life Plans with Vitality Optimizer or Wellness Optimizer for an additional £3.80 per month. Minimum monthly premiums and further terms and conditions apply. Virgin Active. Flexible individual monthly membership. Excludes Virgin Active, Chiswick Riverside Health and Racket Club. Nuffield Health Fitness and Wellbeing Clubs applies to one-month contracts. Visit vitality.co.uk slash gym for further details and participating gyms across the National Vitality Partner Gym Network. Vitality Health and Vitality Life are trading names of Vitality Corporate Services Limited, which is authorised and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority. A new year is full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take care of orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM.
Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.